Cheers. Cheers. I'm Kena. I'm Ambi. And welcome to Diplomacy Games, the podcast about all things diplomacy. Absolutely. Tangentially about diplomacy even. Yeah. yeah. And you know what's best, Kena? It's not like about three months since our last one. Isn't that good? See, <laughs> <laughs> so we told you guys we'd do better. Yep. Um, we're at the Babylon Bar, which is a pretty trendy little joint right on the river's edge in Brisbane. Yes, I think we're, we're definitely the uh, untrendy people here. Oh, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> but we found a quiet spot with a good view. Lovely view. So we're, we're next door to Riverland, which we've previously recorded at years yep. ago, a couple of years ago. And a so, couple of spots down from the Pig and Whistle up there where we've yep. also recorded. Yep. Yeah. There's, there's Bar Pacino up there, which I've always wanted us to go to, but haven't got around to it yet. We and then there's like, and there's like a pop-up spritz bar or something over there now. See the one down there with all the lights, with the igloos and shit? That's the treasury. No, that's not the treasury. That's like the old oh, customs house building. Customs yeah. Oh, that's an actual customs. That's a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. What, where the, oh, I mean where the, the, the igloo things are? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. It's like an outdoor serving area. Yeah, I, I thought it was a pop-up place, but maybe you might be right. Who knows? Who oh, knows? Yeah. Enough about, you know, Cana and Ambies. What do we know about bars and restaurants in Brisbane? What are you drinking? Oh, fuck, I've forgotten now. Um, yeah, was it Kaisler? Kaisler? Kaisler. Kaisler, like Shiraz from the Barossa. It was out of a keg. Yeah, out of a tap. Well, out of just, a tap instead yeah. of out of the bottle. So obviously... It's and mind you, it's not too bad. It's, it's, it's a good solid opening. Okay. Nothing spectacular, yep. but nothing really bad. It's okay. probably like a... It's it's like at least a nice nice you know two two supply centre Germany you know what I mean? Oh okay yeah yeah yeah. Do you and have any um you know enemies or at this stage? Oh look it's it's one of those things where it's either look you've got the outcome that you're wanting to achieve in Sweden. Okay. So yep. you've probably actually got maybe Russia on side by saying you know what let's make this a, a long term thing and I'll let you in. Unlike some asshole in a game. Who I was playing as Russia, he was playing as Germany. This, this is just recently, and it was like, and I was like, yeah, okay. So we kind of started talking about, you know, what we're going to do at the beginning and whatever. And it's like, oh, we don't have conflict. I said, yeah, let's have an alliance. This worked very, very well between Germany and Russia. And he was like, oh, yeah, okay, that's, that's really great and everything. I said, okay, good. So you know, I'll, um, you know, I mean, part you. of this, you means you give me Sweden. I've got to have a northern campaign. I'll come around this way. We'll come and get England together. Take England out. Bang, bang, bang. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and then yeah, we'll come yeah, down yeah, hammer yeah. on France, bang! Yep. Didn't let you into Sweden? He fucking bounced me in fall. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do? Throw your forces at Germany? Actually, you know what pissed me off most? Is he told me... Because I moved... Okay, so I moved... Um, obviously, St. P. South Coast to Gulf of Bothnia. Right. Moscow to St. P. Right. Okay. And he was like, "Okay, so what you got to? So what we're going to do? If we're going to make this work, you got to move St. P. to Finland. Okay. So you can build in the north for a northern Finland. fleet. Yes. Yep. And I'm glad I didn't. So I did. I said I use it to kind of tap Norway. Yeah. Because I pretty much had heard from from France that 
England and Germany were really, really tight. Right, okay. Which they yep. were, clearly, yeah, clearly. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Because... So you took France's word and you were paid off for... Well, I was paid off in the sense that I denied Norway going straight to England. Mm. As an SC. But now you can't. But now, but now, and now I'm just... Fuck, I mean, thank goodness I'm on reasonable terms with Austria and Turkey. So I can now just go, okay, let's just deal with these fuckers. Until, of course, I'm overcommitted over there and then those bastards then, yeah, stab me in the back. Straight north, yep. <laughs> but hey, how about your drink? So, so, so my, my, my glass of wine is not that, that opening. It would be if that opening actually worked properly. It worked. I've got my uh, 150 lashes. Good old 150. Good old 150. That's at um, least a two supply centre opening. Oh, yeah. Nice, an comfortable an opening. Good, an oldie and a goodie. It's like, um, it's like a familiar friend. Yeah, yeah. You know, France, and you, um, you you agree to bounce in the bounce in the English Channel, um, and you know you're going to pick up Spain and Portugal. Because yes. you moved your armies in that way, and or maybe like you bounced in Burgundy, and you've moved to MAO, you've DMZ. Uh, yeah, that's a better outcome. D- yeah, DMZ. English I think that's, that's more and, well, that's more a 150. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and you moved the army to. Spain. There's no. There's no Italian. There's no Italian in Piedmont. Um, the bounce in Burgundy went off as expected. England didn't move to the English Channel. I've got a question for you. Why doesn't Italy more often open to the west? Whenever I get Italy, I do. Almost entirely do. Okay. So what's your opening? Uh, my opening. If if I'm on good friendly terms with Austria, then I will move. Venice to Piedmont yes. in 1901 and uh, the Ionian What do you do with Rome and Naples? I set it up so that I'll either move Rome to Venice if I feel good about Austria but maybe uh, not quite not sure, quite sure. Yeah. or I'll pop it down into um, Apulia? Naples Naples? Yep and um move the fleet to either Tyrrhenian or the Ionian, one or the other, doesn't matter. Well, it does if you're going to, con- what are you going to do with the army, convoy it across? Is yeah, this one depends on, um, yeah, well, yeah, that's the idea, but it does depend on um, on Turkey, on yep. the feelings on Turkey. Um, if I feel that they're going to, He's attacking Russia. I don't feel like there's any juggernaut or there's no Austria and Turkey just don't seem like they're getting along, like it's going to turn into a Balkan tangle down there. Yeah. Then, yeah, I'll move them to the Tyrrhenian. And as long as it's Tyrrhenian, not Tyrolia. Yeah, 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 yeah Tyrrhenian. <laughs> and convoy from there uh, into, into Tunis. So use that build to build a fleet, flick, the, uh, flick it across the Western, Western Med or Gulf of Leon. And then I've got, you know, convoy into Spain or Marseille. The great thing about is this going to be about, one of you, yeah? You keep going, yeah. Yep. The great thing about an army in Piedmont is France will almost entirely move to cover Marseille, right? In which case, you just need to hold your army in Piedmont and truthfully tell <laughs> French, I'm not attacking Marseille, mate. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I, Say it with a grin I, on your I heard, face. I heard from someone else that you were going to be coming straight for me. I was, going to, I was just going to bounce you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, which, which denies him a build in the south. So, 
Yeah, I guess it depends on what's happening, doesn't it? So, like, if, if France opens breast to MAO, it's going to pick up at least Spain South... You'd likely go Spain South Coast of that state, wouldn't you? You'd keep Portugal in, in your pocket, and you go Spain South Coast so that if some Italian prick is on your border, you want to be able to respond to him straight away. So you probably, if you'd normally open an MAO, yeah. you'd do that then fall, you'd go Spain South Coast. And then it depends on what you actually did with Paris, whether Paris was going to Gascony for that whole, you know, Iberian thing, or whether it was bouncing or successfully moving to Burgundy, or whether it was going to Picardy. Just well, yeah, it does depend. Like, for instance, if, 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 if France has done the oldie but goodie opening, that I spoke about before, then... You know, he's bounced in Burgundy, he's got a fleet in MAO, and he's moved to Spain, right? So, you could let, you could let then, let, I suppose, Spain back into Marseille to prevent the build. Mm -hmm. um, what would... Yeah, well, what would you do as France, though? Would you move... Like, you just said you would move into the Spain south coast and move Spain back into Marseille. Right, yeah. Effectively giving France one build, and it can—it's either an army or a fleet in Brest. If you let him take Marseille back, yeah. If you bounce him, you're still only giving him one build, but he's got a fleet dangling in the mid-Atlantic Ocean. But still he, there. but you bounce him. Is the shore going to build a fleet Marseille? And then you've got fleet Marseille, fleet Spain South Coast, and he's going to come straight for you? No. Fleet in MAO, fleet in Marseille. Almost 100%. Why would the fleet be in MAO and fall? Because if he's moved from MAO to Spain, Spain bounces in Marseille. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but then he's still, but he's still in... in, he's in in Spain. He's got an army in Spain. Army in Spain, yeah. Yep. A fleet in MAO. But you've, you've attempted to go to Marseille, or you're not going to Marseille. No, yeah, but if you, let's say you bounce in Marseille. Yep. Then MAO bounces and can't move to Spain's south coast, because Spain's ah, south coast is bounced, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Spain is bounced, so. So then, then, then MAO is gonna come into Western fleet. Med, yeah. and then, then all of a sudden Marseille's into Golf of Leon, and then soon you, of shit creek. <laughs> so maybe that's why well, you'd be getting, Italy doesn't you'd be getting open into, to the west too often. Well, you'd be getting into England's um, England and England's ear, wouldn't you? You know, go on, move to the English Channel, mate. It'll be a fun game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey? Uh, and then Francis. Yeah. You know what? We've talked about this one. We've talked about something similar in, in the past. And I, I really love the idea of an English-French alliance that's so tight that there's this weird opening where England's actually going straight down for Italy. <laughs> How'd that work? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it would happen. So, but obviously, it's, it's taking uh, quite a while. Yeah, no, you could make that happen. You go. France, France moves to MAO. Yeah. England moves to the English Channel. Army to Wales. Army of Wales, yep. Yep. Fleet Edinburgh to the North Sea, doesn't matter. Yep, goes against yep. Norway, yep. Gets Norway. In autumn, 
Army Wales convoys to North Africa. Wow. And then hey. in 1902... In 1902... You start pumping the fleet through. Yeah. Marseille builds fleet. MAO goes... So MAO, MAO is to Western Med and then in fall supports... Yeah, yeah, then you can... North Africa into English, <laughs> English Channel to MAO and then there's bam, all of a sudden there's 15 odd bloody... You know, England's got a fleet presence in, in the Western Med in... 1902, autumn 1902, potentially. That's not a fleet presence, it's an army presence. Well, army presence in Africa in 1901. Yeah. 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 Let's just say, you know, MAO slips into Western Mediterranean spring 1902. English yep. Channel follows to MAO, spring 1902. Autumn 1902, you could get that MAO fleet, English fleet, in MAO into the Western Mediterranean. You could do it in autumn. That's the, the desert fox opening. The desert, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you could support, you could support Western Med in, oh no, you can't, but. Monty was a desert fox, wasn't he? It wasn't Rommel. Who was the desert fox? Was he the Brit or the, or the German? Oh, now you're testing me. Is it Monty or Rommel? Or Patton, no, it's not Patton. No, Patton's neither. Um, some of our World War II history buffs are screaming at us. Screaming at us now, and, and probably 99% of his listeners are going, What are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, I want to look at wonderful, that. wonderful get the opportunity to kind of um, t take these maneuvers through the, uh, the streets of Bangkok. <laughs> yes, to the. Um, to the and speak of the devil, you'll never guess who we interviewed today. The devil? The devil. The devil the, himself? The, the devils themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, 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 I mean, as a way to introduce the, um, as a way to introduce the interview, um, we uh, spoke to uh, Lei Sarlainen, uh, who's the, um, you know, he, he's the on the ground organizer in Bangkok. On the ground organizer in Bangkok. Um, so they were doing some dance moves. <laughs> anyway, yep. Uh, for the for the World Diplomacy Championship, uh, which is super exciting, and um, Andrew Goff, Goffy uh, himself. So uh, I guess we spoke about all things that we could think about. And there was so, the, actually after the interview, I was going to think about so many other questions we could have asked as well. But um, anyway, it was a good. Good, a good interview, I thought. Indeed. So Indeed. how about we go to it now? All right. Okay. Let's jump into we'll it. See you soon. See you guys. Right. Lisa Leland and Andrew Goff, welcome to the Diplomacy Games podcast. Great to have you on to talk about WDC in Bangkok. Great to be here. Thanks for having us. I'm happy to be here. So my understanding, this is the first time that a World Diplomacy Championship has actually gone to Asia, um, but it's been a long, long time coming uh, when you kind of consider when uh, Bangkok was originally chosen as the host. It's probably, how long has it been now since it was chosen? Was it back in the Marseille WDC in, was it 2018 or 19? 2019. 
2019. So four years. Um, that's obviously a lot of time to prepare. Um, and you've got a great website. So if anybody's out and about and they're interested in going and actually want to find out more, obviously go to wdcbangkok.com. But um, you've got a lot of information there around the upcoming tournament. We're really keen to hear from yourselves, um, both uh, Leigh as the actual organiser, but also um, Goffey or Andrew as the um, tournament director around what's actually planned, what have you got in mind, and, and how do you see it all coming together? Uh, the idea of uh, WDC uh, 2020. Uh, 20 21 at the time was that come to uh, uh, by the fact uh, in uh, Marseille uh, no European was uh, by, uh, bidding for um, uh, for organizing in Europe in 2021 and uh, uh, I was uh, often in uh, Bangkok at that time and I was living in uh, Vietnam, and I was pretty sure uh, it, it is possible to build a big, a big grid thing in Bangkok. And, uh, but I cannot do that alone. And uh, I asked uh, ask, uh, Andrew if he's uh, supporting this idea or not. And I certainly supported the idea for a few reasons. Um, first of all, I just think it's an underrepresented part of the world for playing diplomacy. There's actually quite a lot of players online who come from Southeast Asia or India. And the fact that we've never had a world championships outside Europe, North America or Australia, uh, I, I felt it was time to show some support for that. And, yeah, I think Leia is also just a really good on-the-ground organiser. So I always had lots of confidence that uh, we'd put on a good show. And, uh, yeah, nothing has gone wrong apart from a global pandemic on that front. So uh, that, that's that been a huge challenge. But uh, we're nearly there now, and I, I think we will put on a really great show. Yeah, I, I think you will as well. Um, the one thing I find interesting, and you've talked a little bit around the different communities in Asia, um, both Kana and I tend to play online mostly at V Diplomacy, and there's actually quite a large Chinese diplomacy community that's also there. Um, I'm interested because, like, obviously when one of these tournaments is normally held in, say, United States or somewhere or England, um Obviously, English is, is the main language that's used. And um, when that there's been WDCs in other countries where English isn't the primary language, um, it's interesting, to, I guess, to find out how people interact with the game there when they come along. Because Asia's got such a diverse, you know, diverse number of nations, diverse number of people with um, different languages coming together, do you, do you kind of see that that involvement from you know as you said before from you know Thailand um, from Vietnam from China are they likely to be coming together? Do you think for this event and and I mean is there any way if they do just to kind of help with their their English proficiency at all or how do you see that working? Um, uh, I 
I think in uh, in Bangkok, the uh, Bangkok Diplomatic Club is based mainly on expats. Have uh, people of a lot of lot of nationality, and they use uh, mainly fr- uh, English uh, for exchange. Uh, Chinese, Vietnamese, it's more complicated, but uh, um, uh, Chinese, uh, Chinese community uh, was very lively uh, before the pand- uh, pandemic, but uh, now the contact is difficult with them. Uh, I don't know how much of them we will have. It's uh, one interrogation. Um, but uh, we will have uh, some people uh, from uh, Malaysia, Japan, uh, Korea, uh, yeah. Certainly we'll get at least one or two from Hong Kong I know are coming as well, including one of the legends of Australian diplomacy coming out of retirement for one one more swing at a world championship, uh, Tristan Lee, who's uh, committed to coming. So, um that will be fascinating to see if he can uh, if he can keep up with the kids these days. For me, answering your question, I think it's a little bit like diplomacy in Europe, where a tournament might have a sort of base language, which might be English or French or Italian or any other, wherever the tournament is. But there's a certain joy in communicating across language differences. And when you find that someone else speaks fluent German, so you can have a negotiation in German, that's amazing. Um, World, World Dipcon's always had English as a lingua franca. So if you speak even sort of average English, then you'll certainly be able to negotiate with everyone at the tournament, I would think. And, uh, I think that also applies to the people who will likely be traveling from around the region. They'll have decent to very good English skills um, and probably a few other languages, which makes me very jealous. <laughs> yeah. Does it, does it give someone an advantage at a, at a diplomacy competition if they have their own private language, do you think? Or is it, you know, oh, are you looking across the room and thinking, you know, those guys are talking a language I just don't understand. They have to be conspiring against me. I I have actually seen the opposite a little there, where two people have thought they were the only people in a room who could speak a language and have lapsed into talking about things over the board. And one <laughs> of the other players was just sitting there going, la di da di da di da I also speak very fluent German, but I'm not going to say anything at all. So I think it's a a double-edged sword that um, sometimes more natural language helps, but the good players tend to look at at the board and the strategy and then negotiate, not just go, oh, this conversation is slightly easier. Uh, I think uh, no one's won a world championship from being able to to have sidebar conversations in another language. Um, Andrew, you've obviously had a lot of experience with um, various WDCs um, over the years. What do you think makes this one different 
to previous WDCs? I think there's a bit of anticipation about this one. I think there's quite a lot of players who are coming from the United States or Australia or around the region who are going to enjoy this as a holiday, and that's amazing. But then also speaking to people at DipCon uh, last month, there were a lot of people who really, really wanted to win this ranging from the people who've maybe won big tournaments before to a few people who think that this is their chance, that there's going to be lots of people there who maybe aren't familiar with how much they stab, and therefore they're a real chance to win this tournament. So I think that it's going to be really competitive, and it's going to be such a, a diverse range of skills and people that it it's the kind of tournament anyone could win, which is... Maybe not true of all world dipcons. A lot of world dipcons, you have to be the best player at the top of your game to really have a chance to win it. So I think it's a, a sort of vibrant and exciting feel about this one, which is, I guess, what I was hoping for when when I said I'd be the tournament director. So, so as being the tournament director, presumably you you don't play. I'm guessing. I don't know. Others may have different opinions about how to um, oversee tournaments, and I, I'd certainly see the case that if you're running a small local tournament, then you know, play, be fair, have fun, that's fine. But for a, a world championship, I think it's pretty important that the person who is running the show isn't competing, which is another reason why anyone can win. They don't have to beat me. So that's got to be a positive. <laughs> well, you could have uh, been a full-time winner if, if you were playing, I guess. But <laughs> There's always next and year. And another thing that makes uh, this uh, tournament special is the fact that it's the uh, first world championship uh, not only in Asia, but outside of the uh, West. Yeah. Uh, uh, Europe, North America, and uh, Australia was all the ground of the many uh, world championships. But this is, is, uh, this is the West. <laughs> and in Thailand, we go outside of the West. And... Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a very interesting country, uh, extraordinary food, and uh, yeah, have a, is a place where you can have a real good time. Yeah, I I totally agree with that as well. That I'd been to Bangkok before, but in the couple of years since the pandemic, I've been back three or four times, including for three or four weeks. And it is just a great city, Bangkok. Thailand itself is beautiful. If you want to take a week off after the tournament, there are beaches that are just amazing. And the the hillside country is also amazing. It, it really has everything. But Bangkok as a city is just accessible. It's easy to get around. Once you get there, it's by Western standard, it's extremely cheap. And the food, I mean, 
I like food, but Bangkok's food scenes from street food that is almost free all the way up to some of the finest restaurants in the world. It's just just the sort of city I fall in love with. So I hope I get to share some of that with my friends from all over the world. I absolutely love the Thai food. It's one of my favourite culinary delights from around the world. It's um, it, it's something really, really special. But for our listeners who may have not come to Bangkok before or they're new to arriving in Asia, so let's, I don't know, walk through the scenario. You arrive in Bangkok for the first time, maybe around, I don't know, 10 in the morning. Um, do they, oh, a couple of questions, like what sort of hotel accommodation do they need to book in advance? Is there plenty of guest houses around? How do they get from the airport to their accommodation? If maybe they're, you know, this is their first time in Thailand, they're not familiar with the, um, with, 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 with the, you know, maybe how things are done. They don't speak, uh, they don't speak Thai. What, um, what advice could you perhaps give our, some of the international visitors to Bangkok? Well, First of all, my first piece of advice is Bangkok is a major international city. Um, so you'll arrive at the airport and it will feel like arriving at any other major international airport. The customs is usually pretty good. Once you get out, there is one trick that you really need to know as someone from Australia or Europe or the US. Instead of Uber, they have Grab. Once you get Grab, it's exactly the same as arriving any Western city you would care to name. Um, it's a fair, it's a fair ride in from the airport to the city, but, um, otherwise you can treat it like any Western city. I guess a couple of tricks. You can book backpacker accommodation. There's Airbnbs. There's, a trick at the high end of the hotel market, though, that really what you'll pay for for a three-star to a four-star hotel by Western standards is is just there's no price difference. So maybe treat yourself a little bit because until you get up to the really, really great six-star luxury resorts, you're getting incredibly good value for money in Bangkok. Uh, for the tournament, there's a couple of places right near the venue that are sort of four, four star hotels. They'll have air conditioning and a pool, easy access to public transport. Um, and you can trust the street food that anywhere else in the world, if you saw a whole fish for one US dollar, you might think that's a bit suspicious, but in Bangkok, Anything you see for sale on a street is going to be really delicious. It's uh, something that, uh, yeah, Bang- Bangkok is just next level for that kind of thing. So yeah. wh- whether you are like me and you like to spend lots of money on pretentious food or you, you just want prawn skewers on the side of the road, Bangkok has got you covered for that. And we'll... Um... Well, well, Lay, I, I, I think 
I, I think you're I'm sorry, I'm not sure which of you two are all, uh, managing the website. Will you be providing a list of potential hotels and places to stay near their venue? Uh, I, th- I think that's my problem. I'll make sure that's updated. Yes, there are a couple of places right next to the the venue. Um, and if they're not on the website, I'll make sure they are listed there by the time this goes to air. Cool. Wonderful. I, I think um, looking at the at the website, there's a bit of a schedule there for when all the games are on and how things are working. Is there any... Um, plans for any social activities, so to speak, for those who are coming along? Or thoughts on that? Uh, one of the things uh, uh, we prepare aside of the uh, world uh, of the world championship is one uh, side tournament uh, inside uh, uh, Cambodia. Uh, Encore Imperial Tournament will be uh, in Siem Reap at uh, a uh, few kilometers of the marvelous uh, uh, temple site. It is um, one of the uh, most beautiful places in the world. And Siem uh, Reap is a, um, a very lively and sympathetic uh, city. And uh, uh, the next weekend, uh, uh, we will uh, we will organize a tournament there, uh, beginning uh, Thursday or fri- Friday. It's not, uh, but um, we will begin uh, Monday or Tuesday uh, for, and uh, we will keep uh, uh, some of the venue uh, for one week, and organize uh, the visit of the temple in the day and playing diplomacy in the night. And so, so I'll certainly be there and I'll be trying to relax and unwind after trying to run this show, which I'm sure will be much more stressful than playing. Even, even before that though, there's a lot to see in Bangkok. And one thing we've done with the schedule is we've got the games happening in the evenings for Thursday and Friday. And that's so that visitors to Bangkok actually get at least a couple of days, but if they want to arrive earlier, a few more days of of being able to explore the temples, which are amazing, the Royal Palace, just the city itself is is a really fun city to to get get around in and explore. Um, And, of course, I, I know diplomacy players aren't particularly big drinkers or anything like that, (laughs) <laughs> but uh, if you were interested in that kind of thing, then the, the games will be finishing in time to do things at night as well. And we actually have uh, set up a WhatsApp group. So if you are interested in more information about things to do in the evening, um, which tourist attractions are must see and which maybe you can skip, uh, where great places for meals are, all of that kind of thing. Feel free to reach out to either they or myself and we'll add you to that WhatsApp group and you can ask whichever questions you want and maybe get it tailored a little bit to your 
your preferences for for traveling we we really really want to encourage people it's not just showing up for four days of diplomacy um yes that's amazing but take the chance to to see thailand come along the week after to the tournament in siem reap if you have never seen angkor wat this is could be a once in a lifetime opportunity if you're traveling from europe or the united states it it's just unbelievable so if you can make time to join us there as well that's brilliant i can i can totally agree i've been there before and it's an amazing destination to to visit and if you are coming all the way from the states or from europe it's uh, it's definitely worth hanging around that little bit longer to not only play that extra bit of diplomacy but to actually to do so in such a phenomenal location um, actually, on, on a bit of a logistics question, you did talk there, uh, Andrew, around um, you know having time in the evening to go off and, and do things. So, like the evening games kick off around seven pm. Is there going to be like a, a cut cut off time that each round will wrap up? Yes, all of the games are being played in a European style, so there will be a, a pre-announced time limit to the games um they will not go until three in the morning or anything like that so it's um the games will finish in a certain year and that's that's how the tournament is being run um and it's sort of a compromise that that time limit is a little longer than maybe you might see in europe but we yeah i think Ray's convinced me, along with a, a recent few games I've played face to face in the States, that having an, a known finish for the game so people can plan their late night adventures is uh, a very, very reasonable idea. So, um, yes, the games have a hard stop, which, like, you might need to step in here and rescue me for what time that's expected to be, because, uh, has slipped my memory, I'm afraid. Uh, uh, it was not all defined, but uh, um, what is clear is uh, Thursday and uh, uh, Thursday and Friday evening game are, um, are um, we have the venue. Uh, it's a fantastic uh, uh, board game coffee. And um, they close at uh, at midnight, so we must finish at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, the the two first game will be uh, 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 French style, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, the three uh, the three other one will be a, a little longer. Okay. Okay. How, just, how, sorry, oh, sorry. Just, just on the venue, it, it really is a great venue. And if you actually do just want to come and play diplomacy and not see anything else, then you're welcome to arrive earlier. And I'm sure there will be variant games of diplomacy and other board games going on as well. So uh, if you are unlucky and get eliminated, then there will certainly be other things to do uh Pretty much name the board game and you'll be able to play it is uh, is what this venue is like. And it's got a decent little food menu as well. So it's 
uh, Lay did really well to uh, to find that venue. Score. Speaking of scoring, how is uh, the WTC going to be scored this year? So that is on the website, and it's a slightly modified version of how we've scored uh, PoppyCon the last few years. So um, essentially, you want to get more centres than everyone else, and you want to get as many more centres from other players as you possibly can. Um, it, it's fairly straightforward. Um, that that's that's it. There's no complicated draw scoring or a- anything else. Get more centres and get more centres than the other players in your game. And if you do that three or four times, then you'll probably be a world champion. There we are. Okay. Yeah, okay. You can still be a world champion. Um, no, 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 I don't think I've had a chance against um, who was it? Tristan Lee. I have no no chance and no chance at all. Um, tell tell me, is is there points given for eliminating someone, or is that not? You said there's more centres than others. Is there? Oh, if you like, if you win the board, does it just go for the eighteen supply centres, or does it go for the? Is there is there increased value for winning? If if you get an eighteen, you will definitely make the top board. It's a, a significant bonus. Um, again, Lay's great to work with. He's um, challenged my thinking on some of the scoring system points that, as an Australian, I sort of held to be well. This is how it is, but he's made some excellent points around. In, in a time-limited game, it, it's a little bit unfair if someone playing Russia gets 18, but someone playing Italy is slowed down enough that they're left hanging on 16 centres. So what I would say is an 18 is obviously the aim. Get 18 if you can. There is no bonus at all for eliminating players, but... If you can extend your lead, if you get a result like 16 to 12 or 16 to 7 to 7, that's a huge score. So ha- having a, a really big result with a really big lead, that that's a very, very big score too. Okay. There was one... Um one area that um, Kana and I, in our last catch-up, when we were talking around the tournament, um, which we were unclear on, and that's actually around the rules. So the rules, according to the website, basically kind of indicate that the latest official version of the rules of diplomacy will be used. Our question was, based on the timing of the release of the latest board, is it going to be those rules or the rules that we've probably been used to for the last X number of years? So it, it will be the new rules, but it is worth pointing out that there are very, very few changes to the new edition of the rules that impact gameplay in any meaningful sense. So they, they haven't changed how support work, for example. Um, there are a few rules around um, ideas like 
when you can agree to a draw and things like that. But they're superseded by the tournament rules. So any time that there is a tournament rule, that that takes precedence. So um, unless you have anything in particular you think has changed that is controversial, I don't think it's a, a massive difference for how how the games will be played. Yeah, I, just from memory, Amby, we had a lively discussion around um, coasts, and I know I'm slack on that at times. Um, let's say I'm an army in Gascony and I support a fleet from the mid-Atlantic Ocean to Spain. I might not indicate what coast that fleet is going to move to, um, but the rules specify that you need to be able to, you need to indicate what um, coast that that fleet's going to go to. Would that sort of... I know it's minutiae, but um, I, I'm sure at, at at this sort of level, people will be picking up on stuff like that. Uh, maybe people will be picking up on stuff like that. If you're out there and you're trying to win your first world championship, I recommend you stop trying to pick up on minutia like that. That's not how you get really good. Yeah, not, well, you're not winning friends, are you? Like, you know, I mean, there's like, obviously that, you know, it's moving to Spain. Um, and, and, the, and I get maybe on a top board of a world championship, that's when to pull that kind of trick out and say, ha ha ha, I got you. <laughs> um, but if you're trying to get good at diplomacy, this is the wrong avenue to be pursuing. I don't think there'll be anyone on the top board or contending to be on the top board who will be trying to find pressure points like that just to get a a small tactical advantage. So whilst, yes, I think you should specify the coast, it's probably a good habit to get into, Um it's there were previous versions of the rules where you had to specify whether it was an army or a fleet, and I mean no one no one cares. Just make your orders unambiguous, and you will be okay. At the end of the day, it's a, it's a game, and we're there to enjoy it. You know, it's not maybe technically correct, which is the best kind of correct. I, I will agree, but. Yeah, <laughs> rules lawyering is not how to win diplomacy. Sure, sure, sure. I was going to ask, in different WDCs, depending on where they are, where it's played, there tends to be a, a obviously a, a local culture in the way that, say, for example, North Americans tend to play the game versus the European style. Being having this one based in Asia, I'm kind of guessing it's going to be a real you know, quite literal melting pot between those two styles and whatever local styles are brought from um, the Asia-Pacific. How do you feel that's going to impact on the overall gameplay for the tournament? I think um, um, inside Bangkok Diplomacy Club, the culture is halfway between the European culture and the uh, Australian culture. Uh, when uh, I, um, I, I promote the uh, Bangkok Diplomacy Club, I try to find uh, a common way, something halfway between uh, 
uh, um, European, uh, I say European, but I must say French style, and uh, the Oceanian style. And uh, yeah, I, I I not go for C, CD Plo or something like this. I use uh, uh, I I use um, a system more based on center because uh, uh, center Kunt was the main uh, main thinking of the Oceanian uh, style, uh, but uh, put more point for the dominating of the of the games. For topping the games with some center in more, and yeah, it is uh, half web in between. From my observations playing, there's a real emphasis on topping the ball. That that's a, a factor, and that's a good thing to have. Um, I think the biggest. I'm going to actually say the even bigger question for me is. Will the dominance of people who play online arriving at tournaments and being really strong and bringing the online meta, um, will that continue? I, I suspect it will. Uh, all, all the evidence I've seen in the last few years is that um, once upon a time, an online player might rock up to a diplomacy tournament and they might be good or they might be really average. But say at DipCon this year, the, the online players are just great. If, if you are at all competitive online, you will be competitive face-to-face. And where that's very interesting is it is a different style of play. And, and you know, the, the currently fashionable alliances are different when you're playing week-long deadlines versus gunboat games versus face-to-face games. And I love that we are almost getting back to the roots of why we started having Dipcons and World Dipcons, which, yeah, sure, it's fun to have a tournament winner, but it's much more about meeting everyone from all over the place and sharing ideas and, and having a good time. and. I, I really think Bangkok is going to be all about that rather than any one particular local style of play. So if you rock up to the Bangkok Diplomacy Club, try and top the board. But at World Dipcon, come as you are and play the best you can would be my advice. Excellent advice too, Andrew. Um now, I, I'm assuming it may have been at Lay's End, but I could hear a cricket at one point in time like chirping in the background, which got me thinking around the, the nature of, of playing a game in Southeast Asia, particularly at this time of year. And this is going to sound like a very, very um, boring mundane, but I think it's probably an important question to ask. How should people be packing for when they turn up? Is there a particular style of, of, of clothes that need to be worn? Like, uh, is it like smart casual? Um, <laughs> tell me more. Tell me how, I'm, singlets. <laughs> um, I wouldn't be packing the three piece dinner suit with the vest. It's, uh, I, I would say it's pretty casual. Um, if you want to come along to some nice restaurants, probably good to get at least to business casual 
which is my least favorite dress code because it's literally anything. But uh, for the tournament, wear what's comfortable. Um, it's pretty informal. It's a fun, laid-back venue. We're not um, – this is not going to be, you know, white tie event territory. Um I would say if if you've been to a face-to-face tournament before, whatever you've worn there will be fine. Are you thinking about going dressed as Napoleon, Ambi? Is that is that? No. <laughs> if 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 you come dressed as Napoleon, I'll find a way to get you France for that round. <laughs> I was laughing because uh, my own set of clothing uh, is very particular. I I, I use uh, for long years now. I use only African clothes because I I stay in uh, Sophistasia or in Africa. Uh, the weather is hot and uh, it gives me uh, freedom to my body and uh, is uh, oxygen to my body. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think decontract, uh, relax, uh, and light clothes is the best. I suppose it is a pretty hot time of year to be rocking up to Southeast Asia. Um, so that's, that's good advice. Yeah. That it, it's it's an, a reasonably nice time of year. I think we've just finished the really, really sweatiest, hottest part which um, is a bit much if you're used to, you know, beautiful, cool climate Melbourne people like me. Um, it, it's a shock to the system. But actually by August, it's uh, it's just like a, a nice warm summer's day. So you, you certainly won't need to be wearing a jumper or a jacket. That's even at night, you won't you won't need them. So. Um, you can go very, very casual or you can go sort of relaxed summer dress rather than, uh, um, yeah, you, you certainly don't need to be preparing for an English winter. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm mindful of the time. Is there anything in particular, um, Andrew and Leigh, that you wanted to just make mention that we haven't talked about yet about the tournament? I mean, I think uh, I, I want to give Leigh a bit of credit because he's been the person on the ground organising all of this. And I joked earlier that there was a pandemic. But far from it giving extra time to organise, it it really short-circuited a lot of the the planning and the community building and you know, building up the Bangkok Diplomacy Club. That was going really well, and then everything stopped, and it had to be started again. And it's it's been a lot of effort, and I don't think that there's many people who would have done it as well or stuck the course as strongly as Lay has. So I think we're heading for a successful tournament, and if we get you know, three or four extra people coming on at the last minute, 
it will be a pretty big tournament. Um, and so much of that is down to Lay and his hard work. So my job is easy. I'll rock up on the day and I'll tell people which boards they're on and then I'll make sure no one loses their mind. Um, but Lay's been doing hard work for, for years. It's a longer time commitment than anyone expected. And yet his dedication to making, making this happen, uh, it would be remiss not to, he, he's too modest to say it himself. So, so I'll, I'll say it. He's, uh, done incredible work here. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. When we begin, uh, the first, the first try, uh, in 2020, uh, I have uh, the support of uh, two uh, two board game coffee and uh, real support with enthusiast uh, owner and uh, yeah the thing uh, uh, it was uh, in uh, February and March uh, 2020 and uh, things are going on um, really really well uh, and after comes the pandemics. And it was, uh, I, the pandemic came, I was outside of Vietnam. My home at that time was in Vietnam and I, I was not able to come back to my home. And, uh, after, uh, yeah, uh, personal problem, death of my mother, uh, take me go to, uh, to France. And, uh, when I want to come back to Asia, all was closed. And, uh, is why I go for, uh, one year in Africa, uh, waiting for Sophistasia opening again. And, uh, yeah, um, the condition, uh, the condition was very different of the one I accepted. Uh, in, um, in 2019, I was living in Vietnam and, uh, uh, a lot of time in Bangkok. It was very easy for me to organize this in Bangkok. Uh, currently, the center of my life is, uh, is uh, in Africa, and uh, I must come back here for one year and a half. And uh, oh, <laughs> it was, and it, uh, I signed for one for a, a two years engagement, and now it is a four years one, and it is not the same thing. And yeah, but uh, uh, it's a beautiful project. It's a massive marathon lay, really. That's that's a really big outlay of time and effort to have put into getting this thing off the ground, mate. And I'm really, you know, and I honestly, I think, you know, Amby and I would started talking about this in 2019, maybe even 2018, and I. Honestly, the the um, the expect the, the the enthusiasm around it, and just wanting to to get there and 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 to get involved, knowing that it's in Bangkok, it's it's hats off to you, mate. Like honestly, it's uh, thank you so much for putting the effort into getting this organised. So. I think we've pretty much reached the end of, of our, our conversation. Um, Kana, was there anything extra you wanted to touch on or we want to wrap things up? Oh, I, I, no, I, I'm, I'm totally looking forward to meeting all of the people who are coming along, um, along to the WDC and I'm, I'm, I'm really 
excited and I'll be buying tickets very shortly. Um, I haven't yet actually registered on the website, to be perfectly honest with you, but I, I plan on doing that um, as, as soon as um, as soon as the end of this week. Some of the some of the countries I caught were Malaysia, Japan, Korea, Hong Kong, Australia, US. I'm guessing expats from Europe and people who live in Europe. Um, and I'm sure there'll be many more people from around the world coming to it. So I'm really looking forward uh, to this. And as I said just before, twenty, you know, it's, it's been a long time coming, and totally looking forward to this one. So thank you, Lay, and thank you, Rocky. For both, um, Lay being on the ground and Goff being the tournament director and talking to us today. Thank you. Been been a pleasure and look forward to seeing you both there and hopefully lots of lots of people listening in too. Yeah. Thank you for this podcast. It was a, a pleasure. Thank you. No problems at all. Oh, and we're back. And we are back. Cheers. A, a little bit of a technical issue, mostly to do with batteries. Um, batteries, not being able to work out the menu because we had no, you know, guide. Yeah, we, we figured it out. We figured it out. And great interview. It was a great interview. It was a, a great fantastic interview. interview. It was. Uh, thank you. I am so looking forward to this. <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers, Cheers to that. Um, I, I, I reckon I might sneak down to... Cambodia. Like it's so tempting. Oh, I must admit, I think you and I both went, oh, oh that's really interesting. Oh, maybe you really want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, fucker it. I, 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 I reckon I might. I, I maybe, maybe during our Patreon episode, we can talk a little bit around the planning for how we'll make all this happen. Yeah, let, yes. Among yeah. some other Patreon conversations. Um, First time in Asia. Who? Oh, Western, <laughs> the, 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 the tournament. Tournament, um, which is great. I, my ears sort of perked up a little bit at, at the idea of there being a um, an oceanic style of play, right? Um, it's Poppycon rules, pretty much. Well, it's, 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 it's oceanic. I mean, I mean, you've got this Australian contingent. Australia, New Zealand, but then there's also like players yeah. emerging in, uh, in, in Asia. around in Asia. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be really, it'd be interesting to see how that interacts with, um, well, just to get other styles as well into the mix. I'm really super excited, um, like really super excited to see how it's all going to play out. I think, as I said in the um, one stage, I think I asked Gothi around what's the what's going to be the likely cultural aspects of the way, sorry, the diplomacy culture and the gameplay. What's it likely to be like? Because I think because of the destination, it's not going to be like a European style or a French style or an American style. I think it's going to be like this real true mishmash of different styles when we introduce the Australian style, the emerging styles that are occurring obviously in Asia as well. Um, and throw into the mix players who are coming from online. Yeah. That, that, that's another large area um, that, that Goffey identified there. Um, 
couple of couple of name drops of people who are coming for those in the know. Um, I did notice actually on the um, on the website for WDC Bangkok, they also had the list of who's attending. I'm already down there, even though I kind of said, yeah, I'm going to be there, but I haven't kind of actually bought my ticket yet. But anyway, that's cool. I've at least I've committed. But um, <laughs> there was like a line there saying, and number of other players who do not want to be identified until they arrive at the tournament. Uh, so there is definitely a little bit of a little bit of that. psyching yeah, yeah, going yeah, on uh, here. Uh, like, uh, 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 uh. It's very unlikely to play a player to try to kind of, you know, get into someone's head. <laughs> I absolutely vouch for the quality of the street food over uh, over in Bangkok. It's, it's, uh, from what I remember, just absolutely amazing, and uh, and Lay obviously being on the ground there, still vouching for it. It hasn't gotten any worse. It's sounds like it's actually gotten better. Yeah. Um, so thoroughly looking forward to that. Um, WhatsApp definitely have to install that. You actually have to show me what that looks like on the phone. Oh yeah. yeah. Did I actually actually did Bobby send me the thing? Yeah, he asked us to send his, the, the WhatsApp number. I sent him my um, number. But what's the symbol so I can we'll do that later? Um, from the from the Play Store. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't kind of sent me the invite yet. But anyway, maybe both of you. I'll show you later. Um, I didn't know that Lay was the uh, the 2018 European champion. Yeah. Oh, congrats to Lay. Um, yeah. No, I, I think it'd be a blast. So the following weekend is down in um, on Sing Rue. Yeah. Presumably at Angkor Wat. It's going to be in a temple. Oh, there's lots and lots of temples around the area, isn't there? The thing, yeah, the thing I thought about that was, um, because you've been to Angkor Wat before, I assume? Yeah. Um, if it's going to be held in a temple, it'll be interesting to see what type of temple it is, because a lot of the temples, like, I think maybe... I don't know, maybe as a Western view, we've got this exotic view of what a temple is going to be like inside. But most, yeah, yeah, most yeah, of the yeah, temples yeah, I went to in Angkor Wat were like, you know, ruins. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see, and maybe that's just part of the mystique, you know what I mean? Because actually, you think about them, there's so many chambers and the way that the different rooms work, so you can kind of easily go off for these conversations. Yeah, yes. With no yeah. problems whatsoever about being, you know, Overheard, except for when someone's kind of just trying to listen in and put the little recording device there. And can you imagine though what would happen? It's like if you're playing like in, in effectively a tourist attraction, oh. and like people are coming around just trying to look at the temple or whatever. They go, "What the hell's going on here? Yeah, what are these people doing?" Yeah. Um, yeah. The, 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 there's outlying spots which are rarely, rarely visited as well in the whole. Yeah, region. So it might be in one of those places that they're talking about. Not the magnificent, what people, most people think of as Angkor Wat or the Banyan. Is that the big right. building, the that's, massive that's one? That's the massive one, yeah. 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 I think from memory, when I was there, I went there with my father, and I think we were about there for about three days. Not and even then, enough. there was still like so much more that you went, oh, it's not going to get to that. Not going to get to that. I felt. I, I remember feeling. I remember I felt quite um, tempted out by the whole experience uh, at, at the end of it. Um, but yeah, no, get get going. The to get last time I ever was on Facebook was like literally that trip. So like, I think I'll probably bring up photos of it. Anyway, 
Thank you, Lay, um, for agreeing to talk with us. It was, a, it was a blast. Looking forward to looking forward to seeing you guys in September. No, August. August. Mm. It's coming up quickly. So you reckon you've um, you're not confident you're going to win WDC? Oh, I doubt it. Do you think you've got a chance at what's what's going to be the CM tournament going to be called? I don't know. Yeah, they, they said it. They said it. They said it. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> Maybe the listeners will know because we didn't pick it up at the time. Um, yeah, I couldn't say. I feel like there was a there was a title to it. I, yeah. I can't recall. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm just happy to be in it. It is. It's about the game. It's a, that's right. The game's the winner. That's what you say when you're a loser. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll be delighted. I'll be delighted if I um, ended up on the top board or if I came close to being on the top board, but I don't see that. I reckon. Um, so, what we're recording this now on the middle of June. So, hopefully, this comes out. Hopefully, if I get my shit together, you know, in about a week or so's time. Okay. We've probably got a chance of one more recording before we go. Yeah. Realistically, um, anyway, maybe, you are at maybe two. Um, any luck getting a Brisbane face to face? 
Uh, not in June. I think that you didn't even fucking get back to me. Oh, but you know I'll be okay for it. Uh, yeah, I don't know that for sure. Yeah, we can assume. <laughs> but okay, even assuming your participation, I think the best I got was five, and that was with one very hard twisted arm involved. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, so a number of people did say July worked a lot better. Well, let's do July. I know. I've asked people, give me your dates in July. Great. All right. See so how we go. I think the. Um, are you all, you away in July? Anytime? Uh, nothing I can't work around. Okay. Yeah, nothing set in stone. Okay. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, I think that would be handy. Um, I do like the idea of doing that. Oh, we had actually. So we, sorry. Obviously, uh, we've moved on from the, from the interview. But before yeah. the interview, we kept crapping on about different ideas of opening to Africa. And we, whilst before we started going, when we said pause, and then we ran out, of, we ran out of batteries. And, and you remember, guys, you were talking about. Um, and we were talking Desert about the Desert Fox. Fox. And yeah, I couldn't yeah. remember if Desert Fox was Monty or Rommel. You did the Wikipedia thing, and it was Rommel, Rommel. so the German. Yeah. Hold that a, thought. Drink. Oh, let me just finish this. Oh, this go, one go, minute. Go, 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 go. And, um, no, I hear you right, let's drink, because it might take more than a minute. <laughs> Hold that thought. Pause. Which button the pause? I can't find it. And we're back. back. Uh, okay, so the Rommel opening. So, we were talking about this, listeners, in the context of what would really kind of get any, every, sorry, half the board going, what the fuck is going on? Because yeah, nothing makes yep. sense. Yep. And effectively, it's like a it's like a a curious Western triple. Tell me more. So the curious Western triple is basically getting everybody on the eastern and the central no eastern side and central side of the board going. Okay, is a Western triple happening? But it doesn't make any sense. What did we just see? What is going on here? So the idea being, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kane, it's a spring 1901. Correct, yeah. France moves Brest to MAO. France, Brest to MAO, yeah. Okay. Does its usual thing with regards to, you know, Marseille to Spain and blah, 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 blah. blah. Guarantees them to and, and because they're working together between Germany and England and France, they work out what the fuck they're going to do with armies and Picardy and stuff, okay? Yeah. England moves London to English Channel. Yep. Edinburgh to North Sea. Yep. And doesn't really work, fucking matter what it does. England's not going to get any builds out of it. No, England doesn't get any builds out of it, which is all the more reason around why the fuck are you guys doing this? Yeah. Germany order opens Kiel to Heligoland Bight, yep. Berlin to Kiel. Or it could be Munich to Kiel. Munich to Kiel. But hopefully Berlin to Kiel. Yeah, yeah. Because that way at least Munich can do something with um, Belgium. Not Belgium, Holland. Could, could go Munich to Ruhr, Ruhr to Belgium. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then in fall, the army that was previously in Berlin, now in Kiel, is convoyed via Heligoland Bight, yep. North Sea, English Channel, MAO to North Africa. That'd be a real rumble. <laughs> At that point in time, everyone's going, what? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone that isn't on that, yeah. Russia's going, what did I just see? 
Russell's the... <laughs> Turkey's gone. Duh. Austria probably has no idea what. Well, you know, Munich could move to Tyrolia if he wanted in 1901. It could be a total German attack on Italy. And he. Yeah. And he and go straight for. Go straight for it. He could, he could, he could get he could Austria involved. He could say, uh, Oi, Austria, give me support into Venice. <laughs> Let's say the Italian player is the most hated player on the board from the start. Okay, maybe not a hated player, but okay, we know for example, and you and I have done this in a game, I'm pretty sure, at Poppycon, or maybe the Melbourne, I think it was Poppycon. Last time you were at Poppycon, we did this. Uh-huh. When Gothi was playing... He was, he was sitting... He was either sitting aboard, making up numbers. No, playing two, I think it was two players, two, two balls, right yeah. here. And all of us decided... Because he's such a threat, let's just get him out of the game from the beginning. And we no, all no, pulled off. You were on a different board, and you got on that other board. That's what you did with him. Oh, was it me with him? Yeah, yeah. You yeah, weren't yeah. on the board. No, you were on a different board. Yeah. Yep. You were on the other board. He was playing you. Yes. Yeah. He actually did very well on that board because no one killed him or cussed. Yeah, which we should have done. <laughs> <laughs> and whilst Gop is not playing, there may be other people who have really strong reputations. Or maybe it's a case of, okay, you've got a strong reputation, you're doing well in the overall point scoring to get onto the top board, but some people who have got a chance of, and you pulled, sorry, and they've pulled Italy, you've got a chance, maybe someone else in that alliance has got a chance of getting on the top board too, if you kind of kneecap this person who's playing Italy from the, begin, from the beginning of that board that's going to make the difference of whether they get on the board or you get on the board. Yeah. Okay, in which case, France moves um, Marseille to Piedmont as well? Yes. Right? Yes. Everyone convinces Italy that it's going to be a Lepanto. Yeah. So Italy sets up, he moves uh, Venice to Apulia, Rome to Naples, Naples to the Ionian Sea. And <laughs> in autumn 1901. No, 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 no. Why? Why would Italy ever open Venice to Naples, Rome to Naples? Sorry, Venice to Apulia, Rome to Naples. Oh, I don't know. Let's I guess for the same, let's for the same reason that Germany, hold. England and France do the other <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, good, good point. So Venice holds. Um, Trieste moves to the Adriatic. Venice moves to Trieste. Munich moves to Tyrolia. Marseille moves to Piedmont. Convoy is set up and you're going to Africa. Poor Italy. <laughs> eh? Mad, mad, mad. Love to see it happen. What, what are the mad, what are the, I mean, yeah. there's these theoretical mad openings, but I'd love to know when someone's seen something that goes, that is just, Bonkers, you know what I mean? Yeah, like I know, I know yeah, you've got your reverse slingshot theory where um, Turkey and Russia appear to be at war in spring 1901, and then they're going, "Oh, look at that! <laughs> Russia's convoyed, you know, Armenia to Romania." That, that happens with enough regularity for people to know it. Yes, that's yeah. right. Like this yeah. thing my name, but you know, the whole Rommel move or whatever, Desert Fox move. Well. 
remove Germany out of the equation and imagine an English army in North Africa. I think that I think that could that could work. Yankee, now where I can I can see a situation, Painter, at, at, at the tournament where one of us draws England, one of us draws France or Germany, and then we manage to get somebody else who's stupid enough, gullible enough, <laughs> insane enough to join in on this I, camp, you know. I, I wonder if there's space for it to set up a only weird ideas may apply to the game. Right, where winning's not a winning's not a the overall goal. The goal is to come up with the most bonkers plan and see it through. Just to see if you can see it through. I did notice at uh, at the uh, the schedule for WDC, there's actually a fifth round, right. which is starting an hour before the top four. Okay. So presumably that's for those players who want to dig on the top board but want to play a game. Want to play a game. Yeah. Yep. But don't want to watch the top board. Okay. Um, it'd be good to kind of, if, if something like in that, that point of time where it doesn't matter now, it's, well, I don't know, whether actually the fifth, whether that counts towards, it still counts towards your overall tournament rankings and shit, like in the dance or, you know, Maybe. North America Diplomacy Federation and things like that. But maybe you have like some people might just go, you know what? Let's have a social piss farting about going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think? Is there a way for Italy to invade Germany? Yeah. It moves up through Tyrol. Of course it is. It's impossible to hold, it just kicks everyone off. But as, as you know, I've done this plenty of times before. I've tried to do this plenty of times. We've that. I don't think I've ever successfully done this at all, but I've tried a number of times <laughs> to do the Italian move on France that makes it look like you're attacking Germany, and in fact, Germany's your friend. Oh, to, to move through Munich. Yeah, you kind of convince Germany to let you go Venice to Torrelia, Torrelia and Munich, knowing full well that, look, then what we're going? Everyone's going to make this bluster of like, "Oh, you bastard!" Rah, 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 rah. And then in fall, sorry, spring 902, when you've got like a whatever, you know, what I mean, basically you start here, then you vacate Munich, go straight into Burgundy, and at the same time Venice goes into Piedmont, and then you sled and maybe you know Rome or Naples or whatever goes from Tyrol to Gocolion. No, whatever. Something's having going in there. Actually, if you've got, if you've got fleet, Gulf, sorry, fleet Tyrrhenian Sea in 901 to convoy across to Tunis, yeah. then you can probably move that over to MA, sorry, Western Med and get ready to kind of do something up through. That could work. I reckon that would work as a good... That's probably the best early chance you've got of an Italian victory on France. I could see it happening. Provided Germany plays ball. Yeah. And Austria, of course. Yeah. I can see it happening potentially if you move through Munich. Spring 1902, on the way to Burgundy. Yeah, I can see that happening. Um, Germany builds an army in... Builds an army in Munich. Bounces you out of Munich, builds an army in Munich. 
moves army Munich to Tyrolia, the Italian army moves Tyrolia to Munich, and then Ruhr supports the Italian army in Munich to Bergen. Yes. Right, leaving the home supply centre free. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And then Germany comes back and retakes Munich. Yeah, but it's a hard sell to any players to, you know, give me your home supply centre. True, but is it any harder a sell than to try to convince England, Germany and France to get Germany to invade North Africa? It's going to be fun. How, what would be the furthest you could get something convoyed? I, think, I feel like that's the furthest you in, could get something convoyed in, in 1901. Yeah. Even if Italy was involved, I don't think you'd get any further than that. Or could you? Uh, no, it's not. Well, let's see. So, if Italy moved to Naples to Turinian Sea and decided not to worry about going from Kirk, Tunis. Um, and yeah, but even then it would still be 1901. Actually, probably the best you could. Oh no, but, but then it's. He, he would be. Okay. Naples to. No, because you can't. Yeah. You need something in Western Med to be able to convoy any further. Western Med, so that's the furthest you could. And. Russia's all bottled up in the Baltic. Uh, fleet. And Turkey's got a fleet in. Ankara, so we can't really do anything except get to the Aegean, further speed. Further speed, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. no, that's probably the best you can do in 901. Oh, unless maybe you did like, you flip it the other way. So like if you moved Edinburgh to Norwegian, London to North Sea, uh, Kiel to, well actually no, you probably moved. No, still that, still that wouldn't be, that'd be a shorter convoy. Call it the longest 1901 convoy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Anyway. Anyways. Um, so we've talked about our interview. We've talked a little bit about Bangkok. A little yes. bit about Seam Roof. Yep. A little bit about plans for some face-to-face stuff. Lots and lots of very unplanned, wild moves, which I think is really good to get your creative juices going and ready for this. Yeah, I'm um, thinking about it. Yeah. That looks magical at the moment. Lovely. So you're looking at the story, Bridge in uh, Brisbane. I'll put that up in the, um, the webpage for the episode or whatever. Yeah. Um, I do love how there's fairies in Brisbane. There's a lot of big city cats. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to tell you, I've bought a new place. I found a spot. I found a spot. Congratulations. Thank you. Within very distance? No, we actually went to a totally different suburb. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, yeah. Still, still good though. Like you, oh yeah, yeah, very happy with it. This is um, similar, similar area you're no, looking at. No, no, different entirely. I was in, it's in Camp Hill. So, um, okay. Uh, this is a suburb we're currently renting in temporarily until we found the right spot. But um, it was weird because like this is a, a like a set of short, small amount of townhouses. Yeah. We've actually been through it's like a townhouse complex of five. We've been through two of them before over about the last five years. And every time we go, I like this place. Last time we went through it, I said to Mrs. Zambi, 
you know, I can actually live here. Let's let's move. And she kind of freaked out. Went, no, 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 not ready now. Blah blah blah. <laughs> and then this, um, so another one came up in the complex, and just as you know, little Miss Ambie had, had to kind of drop her at a doctor thing around the corner, and then I came around and it was like for sale. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Fancy that. Yeah, Fancy yeah. That. So, okay. Yeah. When do you settle? Uh, a week. Friday next week. Unless, unless our solicitors managed to get it put forward. Because everything's all organised. But... Get it moving fast. Yeah. Oh, well. Fast only concern is like, you, you get some weird shit. Like, if people don't fucking turn up properly at settlement, you know, you may yeah, not settle. Yeah. And then we've already got removalists organised for the next day. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, congratulations. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Cheers again. And how's your new digs going? Good. Lots of work to do. Um, the joys of home ownership. Home. The joys, the joys. Uh, got my first garden bed in there. Oh, nice. What down. is it, a ornamental? Is it a productive thing? Or? Yeah, veggie garden. Veggie, veggie garden? Yeah, gonna, yeah. Um, cut out all of the palm, the golden palms out the backyard. Oh, yes. They're a nasty, nasty plant. Oh. I hate them. And, uh, the only thing that's worse than that is cane. Oh yeah, yeah, that's not very nice either. But you probably like cane, it sounds like cane. No, not, not like sugar cane. No, no sugar, no. like bamboo cane. Oh, oh fuck that cane. Bamboo, I meant to say, fuck yeah. Bamboo? Depends the yeah. type of bamboo. Yeah. Not too many people grow sugar cane in their backyards. <laughs> yeah, so what? Um, yeah. No, no, the bam- yeah, bamboo's an unruly too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I don't get it. I mean, I've got rid of two of the clumps now, so I've dug out two clumps. But that's, that's a half day job each, really, a couple of hours. Uh, a bit of blackberry poisoning or whatever, huh? I'm just going to let it rot into the soil. Yeah, just go straight over the top with. Because um, they don't reshoot. That I'm aware of, they don't do that. No, no they, they, they grow. I've, they grow I've never had any growing in my backyard, it's always been in people's other yards around my house. Oh, yeah, don't plant it. Shit. I mean, the, the, the roots travel. Yeah. Yeah. I think worse than that is like um, ficus. They've got fucking massive roots. Chew up all your um, your pipes. Ficus? What's up? Like Morton Bay fig. Oh, God, yeah, no, yeah. No, thank you. Great in a pot. Goes fucking ballistic if you put it on the ground. Yeah, no, I don't want to go anywhere, anywhere near that one. Um, Here we are. So, welcome to the uh, Gardening with Kano and Andy show. Uh, but, yeah, no, so but for more, okay. listen to our Patreon episode where I'll kind of go into how to put in a productive vegetable plot. <laughs> on a, on, a, on a, uh, a, a crop rotation cycle of four beds. Um, yeah, anyway. Anyway, yeah, no, it, it's good, it's good. Um, yeah, every time I get home, I reckon there's another to-do item added to the list by Mrs. Kaner. Um, this is why I yeah. sold a house, and now we're going to be moving to a townhouse with a body corporate. We don't have to worry about this shit. Someone else can do it, yeah. And is it, is it a relatively, is it a, an older established suburb from uh, not, um, How old's the place? Probably built mid seventies, late seventies, early eighties. So you get to a point now where a little bit of just a little bit of TLC might be needed on the on the home from time to time. Just a couple of things needed. Yeah, yeah. it's not it's not a good That's not too bad. Yeah. yeah, not like some of the shit I had was like hundred years old. It's just falling apart constantly. Yeah. Sorry, in Australia, hundred year old house is like really old. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> years old is barely a baby. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's right. It's not built out of, it's not built from prisoner labour back in the Dark Ages. Uh, right. <laughs> hey, how's your online game? Online games going? Um, not too bad. You're in, in a couple of games at the moment. I have joined a couple of games. I think so. you're in the you're you're in the nine dash line game with me. And we'll talk about that one later. Oh, will we? Well, do we want to, or do we want I'm to? Whenever you want. Um, I got I got feedback from. Um, Vietnam, who kind of uh, sent me a message saying, "Oh, I listened to the podcast around that. That was really interesting. I learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Should have listened to it earlier, eh? Hey? Um, well, it's because we were so delayed with getting it out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're not doing too well up the north, are you? No, I'm still fucking being um, kneecapped by everybody. I'm getting attacked by Taiwan. I feel attacked. By I'm getting Taiwan. attacked by Taiwan too. Let's go yeah. gang up on him now. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> It's okay, Taiwan. I'll look after you. I do have an option to try and... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get around don't forget, this isn't coming out for like a week or more. So if you want to kind of talk about things that you think won't matter in a week or more... Okay, so there's a potential for you me always, to slip... You always say there's potential there, whether you choose yeah, to do it or true, not. true. There's a potential there for me to slip uh, Kota Kinvalu into the Mindanao Sea. Um, so, so to make it easier for listeners, please go to the uh, the web page, or maybe there's some show notes somewhere, and you can just link through to the, the map, and we'll you'll be able to make more sense there. But this is like the corrupt description. The uh, the northeastern uh, part of the island of Borneo. Yeah, to slip in behind um, the Philippines. I don't know. Board lines. Yep. Yes. Um, so there's an option there. Um, Taiwan's moving pretty aggressively across the south um, having yeah having circumnavigated yeah, anyway it's um, there's a, two things I wasn't expecting about this map which in hindsight I should have expected it um, because I should have read the read the, <laughs> read the description um, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't expecting um, filled anywhere, right? And I was filled anywhere, okay, so I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I've never had the opportunity to actually build Kona. <laughs> well, it is, it is built anywhere, um, which... And, and, and the other thing I wasn't expecting is um, Indonesia and Borneo to be quite lackadaisical with their home centres in, in many ways this, this map lends itself to training yeah having shifting home centres moving around the board depending on where your units are and I didn't quite grasp that potential um, that, that, that potential in the map until I've started seeing that in action yeah and look my two things that I didn't expect to kind of see in this map that I should have read into yeah is both the fluidity and the um conglomeration of units in a location. So when I say fluidity, literally the last time I checked the map, because I'm all up here in China and I'm getting invaded by Taiwan, getting invaded by Vietnam, whenever I open this map, I do what you normally do. You go to your own supply centers, okay? You go to your own country and you look at that. Yeah. So it's kind of like the lesson from this is like if you're playing classic and you're England. Yeah. 
be mindful. What's going on down in Austria? What's going on down in Turkey? What's going on down in England? Not yes, England, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Italy, okay? Yep, yep, yep. Because I always kept looking at the north of the map and I had no idea until literally a day or two ago when I actually scrolled down that Thailand, sorry, Taiwan, was all the way fucking at the bottom of the board. Yeah, pushing through. On going the into Java Sea. Sea. It's like yeah. this whole massive flanking move. <laughs> Which you can do with the way the map's orientated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's this incredible, the Pacific Ocean goes all the way from literally almost the north of the board to literally almost the south of the board. So you can just manoeuvre really, really fast around the outer rim. That's Star Wars context, okay? Yeah, yeah. But when you get into the inner rim, around the whole South, Chi south China Sea and all of the, and these, um, the, the contested islands, You've got this, like this congealed mass of, you know, crap. Crazy. All this craziness. craziness. That's what it is. It's just crazy. And it's just bizarre. Yeah. It's the most. I kind of actually, I kind of thought when I saw the map, I thought, well, that's all weird. This going to be interesting to see how it goes. And then I forgot about it. And then I'm just rediscovering it all over again. So, so like, fake owl, kudos to you for coming up with such a fucking mind blowing concept. Well, he's doing well. He's invading everyone. He's, he's the... He's the one you want to stab. He's the one I want to stab, yeah. But um, the, the, the fluidity in that that, 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 that... that density in the middle. Bravo. Good oh, work, yeah. Fake. Yeah. And actually, that... I think that's kind of like the way David E. Cohen does his little... things for some of his maps, like... Um, oh, what was it? You know, the one where you've got those... Seas are all in like North Atlantic uh, and the stuff. High seas. High seas, yeah, yeah. 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 But with the, the difference between this and the high seas is the high seas, those regions are adjacent to coastal sea territories. Yeah. They're not adjacent directly to land territories. What's this one is? Uh, whereas this one does. Well, islandy sea, islandy yeah. land territories, yeah. And the, oh, there, there's one other thing I, I didn't realise. You can move an army across those territories. You can island hop with an army. Mind you, apart yeah. from like your opening units that you've got, yeah. why would you be bothering with armies on this map? Maybe with some navigation within Borneo to move from one section to another, perhaps? I used it quite well in Borneo, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I haven't built any fleets, uh, armies, so I haven't seen any other... I haven't seen anyone else build armies. Um, having said that, Vietnam is going to town on you with your army. <laughs> I've just been so... Fucked over. Uh, but anyway, anyway, so there's that one. Um, Thank you. Uh, you know, it's it's been a wonderful, humbling experience. It's, you need that from time to time in diplomacy. <laughs> I'd rather get it now than at WDC. Anyway, um, I'm in a. Oh, you've got a few games on. A game that's just started. It's called Splinter in a Mosh Pit. Ooh, good title. Um, and it's it's a gunboat, so I won't tell anyone who I am, but um, right. it's a country I've not ever played before, um, and I've seen mixed success with T-Plays who play this one, yep. so on, on that, um, on, on, on this Europa Renovatio map, so early days yet, builds have just happened, so yeah, watch this space, you see how this one goes. Yep. Um, the last one of these I was, I ended up being 
Genoa and it got oh, smashed yes. in two seconds flat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I am also in. Um, what type of maps this one? We'll jump onto this one in a second. Um, also playing a. Uh, uh, oh, Eastern is going. So we haven't actually talked about VDIP. Has got two releases. brand new releases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is Thank you very much, Toby. Because yes. Toby's done all the magic. To the, Toby's done making the magic. That um, games can happen no, no, again. To the, Toby. Toby in the background, in Riador doing all the, yeah. um, the, the, the sort of the coding and the front ending stuff and okay. working with Toby to make it happen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and all with Ollie's blessing from the sideline. And Ollie's blessing from the sideline. Uh, so this one's an East Indies and it's basically an amalgamation from two of David E. Cohen's variants, the right. Maharaja variant and the um, Southeast Asia variant, sort of plonking them together. Yep. Saying have at it. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, I haven't seen the. Are oh, you mongrel's <laughs> mother? <laughs> so, Canis has literally uh, obviously checked these uh, outcome of these orders. Tell us what happened, Kana. Is this anonymous? Yeah, well, yeah. So, how about you just tell me, you point to the map and you kind of explain, oh, yeah, you got fucked over real good. Yeah. I'm <laughs> I... <laughs> Wait a second. How many supply centres you lose there? Oh, just just the one, but it's a it's a it's a rather central supply centre. This is this is the start of the game. Um, but I'm at one of the I'm one of the. Um... So you start with you start with one, two, three, three. three. So you manage. So well, you this, no. you get no builds. The no builds. One of the um, so this player, if he builds there and then starts coming over this way, pops that. Although you, between those two, I suppose you can take it back out again. Oh, I can take it back out. But then he'll kind of retreat and keep you on your toes. Depending on if this guy's going to be friendly. I wasn't expecting him to be friendly. He sent me a bit of love. Uh, look, let me go back to the start of this game. Ah, so just me they screwed over. <laughs> This is, this, is, this is early games, um, so but the let's see. So so this is 1901. You know this is the, the unit layout of, of all of these countries, and I'm just sort of looking at it. There's a couple of countries in it that actually aren't guaranteed any builds at all in spring, oh, in, in the first year. Okay. Um, so. You know, depending on where, you know, I could be knocked out of there, so that's not a guarantee. I could move to here, but then that person can non-guarantee it. Um, I could move to try and get... Yeah, sorry about the vaguenesses, but, you know, you get the idea. <laughs> get the idea. So there's, there's a number of countries dotted around that aren't guaranteed built, but there are other countries that are that are able to guarantee some builds. Um, yeah, so uh, that, that, whether that's a conscientious design choice or not, no, I'm not sure. So I know for a fact that I'm sort of doomed for death in this particular game now, uh, but such as it is. And the other one I'm playing is... Um, it's a World War Four game. World War Four Sea Lanes game, yeah. 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 Um, Why do you have this big space in the bottom down here? 
Oh, yeah, mine just goes zoom, no, zoom, no, while in, mate. Like, yeah. do the zoom in on it, but I can see the whole map. Yep. Um, is this an anonymous game? This is another anonymous game here. Yep. Um, How's it going for you? I'm not quite unhappy how things stand with it. This, this, this set of orders has just come through as well. Oh, I haven't actually checked um, that. Oh, no, this is just... Um, just the build orders, wasn't it, or build not? Build orders have come through, yeah. So, I'm, I, I think I've found a good ally, and I'm hoping I've got another good ally here. Yep. Um, and maybe there. But we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Yeah. How about you? What games are you playing? See, it's early games. Yeah, so yeah, so let me bring up my games. So, I mean, I, I won't um, go into too much details about my game, so there are quite a lot of games going on, so I may not touch on all of them. Is that okay? Yes, yeah, that's fine. So, um, well, first off, I'm in that um, email play game by David E. Cohen for... Oh, fuck, what's it called? It's that Chinese one. Nine Kingdoms, is it all? Um, I should try to find out. Right. Mandate of Heaven. Mandate of Heaven, yep. And how's that going? Um, it's going not too bad. <laughs> but for all the... Looking on Steam. When I say it's going not too bad, it's going good for all the wrong reasons. So, when I say good for all the wrong reasons, um... So, 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 I'm this, this country, oh, I think everyone knows what it is. I'm, I'm orange. Yeah, okay. Yep. Okay. Which is, I don't know, some country. Um, I've lost this position down here, but I made it from green yeah. to green, but I managed to pick up one of his green ones here. Anyway, long story short, barbarians who've been playing for a while, they got eliminated because, um... Sipke, who's the blue player, stabbed him, stabbed me. He's been stabbing everyone. Just running around stabbing. He's yeah. stabbing like me. Yeah. And whoever's playing purple, this thing is Rob, he took over a CD DNMR position. Okay, yeah. And he's been a fantastic ally. Because was previously he was... and, sorry, before well, who the previous player playing purple was working with blue to fuck me over. <laughs> and now he's kind of my friend. Now, it may have a lot to do with the fact that the way... Okay, I'll show you how this works, because I was trying to explain this to David as the GM. Um, but when I have, like... Oh, no, this doesn't make sense. When messages come through yeah. via email yeah. in my email client, I often don't know that I've got new messages. It's like showing some of the old stuff, and I don't realise that, like... Oh, my orders were due like 36 hours ago. <laughs> and I've got all these emails from David saying, Where's your orders? <laughs> and at that point in time, I go, Oh, fuck. I haven't got time to analyse the board. Rob's been really good to me. What did Rob suggest I do? Copy, paste, send to David. And it fucking worked. <laughs> so there's a, there's a certain 
there's certain games to be made in diplomacy where you just brazenly agree to everything your ally says if your ally actually you wants to work together with you and actually achieve a good outcome for both. To follow along and do what they suggest, yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, uh, Rob, um, he's been fantastic. So, uh, um, how, how long... What, what's the winning criteria for the variant? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> Just keep going. Just keep going, having fun. Actually, the, my last set of moves, the first set of moves, actually... David emailed me saying, I still haven't got your moves. I went, oh, fuck, I didn't know. When did they shoot? 48 hours ago. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and Rob hadn't sent through any suggestions, so for the first time in ages, I've had to go, oh, fuck, I have to think what my orders are going to be. <laughs> They worked out all right. Rob, so, I need your <laughs> so I don't know if Rob listens to the show, but no, I just gave that one away, didn't I? Um, other games I've got going on. So I do have a few games at present. Most of them I've been bought in yep. and I've been fucked over. I'm not doing very well. I've got um, uh, one game just recently. I've just been oh, eliminated. Massive list sitting there. Yeah. Um, now this one here, I bought in, and eventually kind of it was like a modern Europe game. Pretty much just been eliminated now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is the game I spoke about earlier, where I was I'm playing as um, as Russia, where Germany said, yeah, 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 let's work together, and he fucking bounces oh, me. Oh, yeah. bounce, yeah, yeah. And then I kind of stupidly moved to Galicia, which happily probably pissed off Austria, and was like, ah, oh, <laughs> I'm fucked in this one too. <laughs> Did you um, did you buy into that one or did you start from the start? I bought into that one. Yep. <laughs> I bought into an American conflict game. Oh yeah, that, that that's made by a good variant designer. He's made one. by an excellent yeah. variant designer. So uh, American conflict uh, listeners is a um, basically the civil war, but with the European powers being involved in the war at the same time. Yeah. So not only have you got the key um, United States and the Confederacy. You've got England playing, obviously with most of its um, territories in uh, Canada. You've got France playing, which bizarrely, historically at the time, had taken over Mexico when it installed um, Maximilian I as the, sorry, as the, um, who was a Habsburg, bizarrely, as the, um, uh, what, the Emperor of Mexico. Napoleon, you no, 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 this is in the 1860s. Okay. It was actually Napoleon III, who was, okay. the Napoleon we all love and know, his yeah. nephew? Yeah. Okay. I, I was totally unaware that Francis, okay, yep. Anyway. There's, a, there's a small remnant of Spanish possessions still in the uh, Caribbean, and um, there's obviously the Russians who at the time were owning Alaska. And the way this particular board is set up, you've also got some um, European ports. So each of the European powers, England, France, and uh, Spain, have European ports, which can't be, so you can't attack, like America can't attack Europe, but it can effectively blockade, for lack of a better word, its main port to prevent any growth. The American Civil War, unfortunately. During the American Civil War, that's right. Oh, okay. And yeah, Russia yeah. opens with Not two... a hypothetical Civil War. The real one. The real one. Yeah, yeah but the, okay, the, yeah, the yeah. element here is that the European powers are also involved right. in the conflict. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I And um, Russia opens with um, 
two ports, which is Archangels in the north, come over the, the, the Bolt, the Berents, and Vladivostok come across the Pacific. Uh -huh. So I've actually, this particular variant, I've played every single country on this board and one is every single country. So even though some are far stronger than others, all visually, are, you all can... All of them are possible. All of them are possible. Oh, is it a gunboat or is it a... Um, it's a... No messaging, so it's gunboat and it's anonymous. Okay. But I'm this player over here, so probably one, I'm not one of the better positions, but you know, you've got to start somewhere. Okay. Well, keep me in the loop on that one. Are there any that you've started from the start? Like you're, you're, you're putting good points on. <laughs> Only the Nine Islands something, which are just unranked. It's unranked, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, look, the other the other game that I'm really quite enjoying. You really want to win that Clark back. <laughs> oh no, my cover is blown. <laughs> um, but the one that I'm actually really enjoying is I've had a, a second wind in a um, Imperial map. Oh. So you might remember this one. Is this the one I sat for you for a bit? I can't remember if you did or not. Oh, I'm England, okay? And early, early on, I got stabbed by Holland. And... Um, Sorry, which colour? So England, blue. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I got stabbed by Holland. I got stabbed by... Uh, France, actually I think I stabbed France at the time, but France is pretty much out of the game. Stabbed by Prussia, stabbed by America. The yeah. only, and stabbed, oh no, not stabbed. Brazil just said, no, fuck you, I'm just going to come for you, well, Falkland Islands. I'm just going to take that. So he just took that. Yeah, okay. The only player, what do I say? I said who I was, wasn't I? Yeah, England. I can't remember if this is anonymous or not, but it doesn't matter. The only player that's been really good to me the whole game is Russia. So I've relied on Russia. We've got very much a demilitarized border. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Um, yeah. And I've got to a stage now where I've, I've been, a, as England, I've been effectively kicked out of the British Isles. The only positions I've got, and obviously, a long time ago, America took Canada off me. The only positions. Is Iceland a supply center? No. No. Um, I've just been kicked out of Berents by uh, Germany. So I do have a unit that's probably going to retreat to Iceland or Finland. And then I've got a unit over here, a fleet in Hudson, just to fuck around. Um, and I've got, to, I've got to say, Prussia's played really, really well. He's done really great. Yeah. But the thing that's kind of gave me my second wind is I made up with Holland. Okay. Even though he kind of, you know, stabbed me and stabbed me good. The initial stabber. Yeah. Um, I've made up with him and it's made so much of a difference. So I've managed to kind of take all that was my initial position, really all I had left was strong, was in India. So I moved over this way, managed to kind of get a couple of supply centers in you know, Bengal and, uh, and Rangoon. And then by talking to Russia, we agreed to stab together Ottoman Empire. And he's, he's done okay out of it, but he hasn't got a lot. Like he's only picked up like, um, uh, Baku, uh, Ankara, and um, Constantinople, and now Cyprus. Ross, I came across and got Baghdad, Amman, uh, I retook Aden, which was actually a supply center from the opening. I've now taken over all of Egypt. 
and with Holland's blessing have started recolonising Africa. So I'm on a bit of an uptick here, Kayla. I've gone back, I've gone from something to nothing, back to being something again. Okay, okay, okay. Is it built anywhere? Okay, so with Imperial, it's built anywhere in an initial home center. So, as an example, um, let's say, and I'm pretty sure this is the case, Cairo, is our opening supply set, is our initial build home center for Ottomans. Okay. Which means that not only can Ottomans build out of that, but anyone that takes it over can build, can build out of it. Okay. So like right now, Germany's taken over, or Prussia's taken over all of the UK. Edinburgh is the normal supply center to open with. Oh, sorry, Edinburgh is a normal home supply center. Yep. So now Germany can start building in Edinburgh. Yeah. As well as obviously, you know, Munich and shit like that. But this has been fun because, as I said, I've got like, humbled like you wouldn't believe because England starts off, on paper, the strongest power. It's split around. But it's just so threadbare everywhere. Yeah. And you just get everyone just like, snip, snip, snip at the side. And all you literally got, all I was left with was like, British Isles and India. And now I've just started, well, at least within the Indian Ocean area, starting growing back. So how do you see this one going? Three-way draw, or is there going to be a clash of uh, a clash of alliances? Do you think? Well, Ottoman's on his way out. Yeah, he's, yeah. Oh, fuck, where's that one? Oh, fuck, you can't go to Kessel? Back? Yeah, I think I should have done that last day. What are you doing? I don't know what I'm doing. Can you zoom in on that? I just remember, okay, so I was just trying to go back to the normal board and where everyone is. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, the, the, the leading gotcha. So I'm on 13 supply centres. Turkey's on his way out, he's down to four. Uh-huh. Um, it comes down to, I guess, whether Mexico gets squashed between Brazil and uh, the USA. And whether at that point in time there's consensus for a um, alliance. Presently, Russia seems to be really strong with me and with Japan. But he's also, I would love to understand how the fuck Russia, who is steampunk shogun. Oh yeah, he's good. He's good. He's got a really good ranking. I'd love to know his thinking because he is literally allied with almost everybody on his border except for America who started attacking him in Alaska and um, Ottoman, who he decided to attack himself. So he's allies with me as England down here in in India. He's allies with Japan over here in Korea and, um, and China. Been really good there. Yeah. He's allies and hasn't kind of was like allies. He hasn't poked. Oh, oh, oh! I hadn't seen that. Fuck. Oh. Shit. Sorry. Um, he's been allies the whole game with Prussia and Austria. He's actually moved against Austria. Oh, in Constantinople, actually, that wasn't a 
Russian unit. That was an Austrian unit. But Prussia has moved Prussia to Livonia and the fleet in Denmark to the Baltic. He's making a move on Russia. Wow. So he's starting to feel threatened by all the, the movement west by the Russians. Oh, well, the Russians haven't moved west. Russia has just sat there the whole game doing nothing, except throwing love. Except for this move against Romania now. Okay. So no, not Romania, Bulgaria. Okay. Keep an eye out on this one. Or Sofia. Hmm. I'm going to have to go back to Russia because he asked me to retreat to Finland. And I went, why, why Finland? Why wouldn't I just retreat to Iceland thinking I should just do something over here? But now I understand why. It's probably to help him prop up St. Pete. Or um, Sweden. There is a supply centre in Finland? Oh, no. no. Yeah. But I think at least, I can, at least yeah. we can do something with covering yeah. up St. Pete. Yeah. I better send a message actually saying. No, I need to probably get some drinks, hey? We need some drinks. I'll get you a drink. Well, do we want to wrap this episode up now and move on to Patreon? Yeah, good idea. Good yeah, idea. Let's do that. So we'll uh, cheers our empty glasses. Cheers, guys. It's been, it's been a blast. Has been fun. Yeah, it has been fun. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed our recording. And, um, yeah, so hope you guys enjoyed this one. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.